0: Everybody, welcome to this special Forbidden Door review episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite covering AEW Forbidden Door, which just finished up yesterday as we are recording this late Monday night. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? doing
1: well and you're actually
0: getting it's a double review night
1: uh i actually just listened to most of the review of one nation radio and keeping it strong style did a joint review of for forbidden door keeping it strong style is the official new japan podcast of, so, out. of social suplex and one nation radio is kind of like our hodgepodge podcast with Rich Lada and um, Rich Lada and James Boyd, and they talk about everything in wrestling. So, of course, the big you know one of the big things of the week is Forbidden Doors. So they had Keeping the Strong Style on to do it. So they have an awesome episode over there. I listened to about an hour of it while Raw was on. It was amazing. They had, and I can honestly say they had some different takes than what I have. So. You are you should be getting unique experience listening to both of them. So but other than that, I'm doing great. I gotta say, and, and you know, I, I'm going you know, I don't wanna throw it in too many times in the show, so I'm gonna just get it out the way. It was absolutely fucking weird to not be at a pay per view yeah um uh, I, 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 yeah and i was like i know you have a heartbreaking story that I I, I I like the fact that you're doing this podcast and you were able to make it through the show i don't know if i would have you are a much stronger young man than me because uh, hey. you, you,
0: t- you can talk to Cindy, dude i was not feeling good about myself um so yes no um, and, as
1: and we've as all guys, made those yeah, mistakes you know so yeah, well I yeah
0: as you guys as you guys may know if you did listen to last night's episode i was super gassed and super Excited because basically, after AEW Dynamite at with the Wind Trust Arena in Chicago, the announcements were coming down the pipe of what Forbidden Door was going to fully have uh, on the card, too. Um, and of course, Punk's match got announced against Kojima-san. And uh, I was like, I would looked at Cindy and I'm like, we're, we, I mean, we have to go. We have to. And so we got tickets the di- while we were at Dynamite. Um, and now I, I was under the impression the entire time that I was, because I didn't have. My passport renewed. I knew that going into this. It expired, unfortunately, back in February, and they 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 don't let you renew it on – like, or at least start the renewal process online anymore. You have to still – like, you have to do it all in person. So um, that was never going to happen in time anyway, and it takes forever for them to send it anyway. I've had experience with that. But I was like, but I have my enhanced driver's license, which will let me cross the border, which works for people in Michigan. So I was like, I'm good. I woke up the morning of Forbidden Door as we were about to get ready to go like in about a couple hours or so. And I checked one last time just to make sure I had all the information right because I didn't want to drive to the border all of a sudden and realize, oh, I fucked up and I can't go. So I check. Turns out um, I have the real ID. So if you're from Michigan or if you have a driver's license that has real ID, which most people do because I think they require it now. It has like the little gold star in the top right corner. An enhanced driver's license. Features a little like US flag right next to your picture on your license. Um, now you have to pay to get that. So the fact that I saw that difference between what I had and I looked at my license that I didn't have that, that's when I realized, okay, so I fucked up. Um, now, and again, like I was looking online for weeks and I was kind of getting confused on the information I was getting. Like some places said it worked, some places said it didn't. I was like, why can't I just get a straight answer? Um, so that's the reason why I have a re I have a license with real ID, but not an enhanced driver's license that would allow me to cross the border with that. Um, so because of that, we couldn't go to forbidden door and I tried selling the tickets the day of, I had two people who were interested, but then later backed out on me. Um, and it is what it is. Um, but. The thing that bummed me out the most part about it was the fact that my sister Sydney, lovely sister Sydney, who was so excited to go to this show as well, she, her passport is still valid for another like year or two, I think. So she would have been able to cross the border fine, but because my passport's out of date and I don't have an enhanced driver's license like I thought I did, I was what was holding us back. So I was furious at myself. I, was, I felt so awful. And I, cause I just felt like I, I fucked this whole thing up. And like, like she never paid for the tickets. Like I, 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 she hadn't paid me back for the tickets anyway. And it's fun. Cause like I bought them. It was me who made the buying decision. So the fact that I wasn't able to sell them either or get anything back of it again, it was an absolute punch to the gut. And then yes, like Floyd said, he's like, I don't know how I would have been able to get through the show. Trust me, dude. When I, (laughs) when we finished, like, cause I was already being like, once Okada, uh, Osprey finished, I was like we should have fucking been there. We should have fucking been there for that match. And then I, like, I, I just, I nearly broke down when like Danielson came out to the final countdown. I literally threw something. I'm like, I, 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 like, if I wasn't a schmuck, we would be there. And people were being really nice, you know, being like, you know, Hey, shit happens, dude. You know, you've, we've already been very fortunate of the stuff that we've been able to see live as uh, AEW and wrestling fans. Um, so I'm, I, am I, I'm starting to forgive myself a little bit of it, but I still – I do still feel like an absolute fucking just dumbass because of that because, again, it would have been so much easier if we got the tickets when they first went on sale because then I would have been like, okay, passport, get that renewed. Okay, also if that doesn't get here in time, enhanced driver's license, make sure I'm good on that. Oh, I don't have the thing. Okay, I have to go pay for that and get that, and that would get sent in like two weeks, so then we would make sure we would have gotten that on time. I didn't do any of that because we bought the tickets literally the dynamite before Forbidden Door. So even if like I tried after I bought the tickets, there was no way any of that stuff would get here on time. No way. So basically just by buying the tickets, I just gave ourselves false hope. So, you know, it is it is what it is. I won't let that take away from the fact that Forbidden Door was an absolutely fantastic show. And we'll get into the whole deal. But I'll just say straight up, I think Will Ospreay Omega 2 is my new favorite match I've ever seen. Like, straight up. The only thing that would come a little bit close, I feel like, would be either CM Punk's first match back at AEW with Darby Allin for personal reasons. And then the only other one I could think of would be um, uh, shout out NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, it would be the unsanctioned match between uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. That match had me going crazy. I have to straight up say. But yeah, so. That, it, is, it is what it is, but
1: yeah. I completely understand. Uh, as a person who has been traveling uh, to wrestling for the better part of over 20 years, actually. Good Lord, I'm old. Over 20 years. <laughs> um, I can tell you. I have made many a mistake and it, and it's generally with you know the best of intentions you know it's not like you're like oh i'm gonna mess this up or i'm gonna you know it's like oh you had the best of intentions and shit just went wrong so it, it's it's unfortunate part of life you will live and you learn you will never make this mistake again and that's all you can count on, really. Is you know you're never going to make this mistake again. And it, it was an expensive mistake. i was like, I've actually bought fake tickets before. Yeah. yeah. So I've bought fake tickets. This was early on in the Floyd traveling. Uh, so, and that cost me. I think it was four fifty. Yeah. So, so you you always you you make mistakes and you learn from them and you move on. It sucks you know, that that had to happen. Uh, I Like I said, I did not know. My friend from New York told me about the real ID versus, he, he said real ID. He didn't even say enhanced ID. He said real ID. So I was very much under the impression that uh, that the real ID would work. So believe me, I would have been in a very similar situation. The thing about me is I probably wouldn't have checked before I left. And so I would have been even in a, a more screwed situation because yeah. I would have, I would have showed up to the border and they'd be like, oh, you can't get in the country, and I'd be like, well, why? And they'd be like, well, yeah. you have this ID and you needed this ID, and then I would have cried at the border and mm-hmm. <laughs> hoped that they let me in. But yeah, yeah so believe to, me.
0: To put it in pers- yeah, yeah, to put it in perspective, yeah. like from my house to uh, the the border, which is near uh, Sarnia, basically. Um, the, 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 uh, yeah, the, uh, the, from that whole deal, um, it would, uh, be, uh, what would the distance be actually? Let me make sure I got that confirmed, but yeah, it would be basically, it wouldn't actually be the worst drive ever. It would be about an hour drive. So it's not terrible, honestly, uh, getting from, but I would be driving through construction and like during peak times, it would honestly be, um, probably a lot more harder to get there, like because of traffic and construction in Michigan because the roads suck, um but it wouldn't have been awful but i will say still um the drive back would have been miserable i have to say if if i drove to the border and they turned us away because of me being a fucking idiot i would have felt so bad so i'm like i said i'm very glad i at least caught that first because it could have been so much worse that drive home would have probably been the worst drive ever and if my sister wasn't in the car i'd probably consider driving into a fucking tree (laughs) Uh, because it would have been terrible
1: so I am very like I said it, it's one of those situations where again it it sucks I'm like I'm not one of those people like oh just it could have been worse no it sucks it sucks it sucks it sucks but it's like you you again you'll uh you'll be better for it in the future with
0: all, all the yeah all this means is that I I mean like Sydney's Sid, Sid, now looked at me and it's like you know what this means though right is like we have to be at all out and I'm like I will a thousand percent try. We were at all out last year. I had this job. I should be able to get that labor day weekend off completely fine to be in the clear on that regard. And I should be good. We should be able to go to uh, all out. So, um, that's just our makeup show at this point. So, Yeah. Uh, Chicago, Chicago, man, I, I swear to God, I got to get like a fucking apartment in Chicago or something. Even if I don't, I, I'd make the money back on it just by the amount of times I go to goddamn Chicago.
1: I have said this before uh, many times that uh, I I will never leave Oklahoma. I am an Oklahoman through and through. I I've, I'm very clear about that. But if I was to move anywhere, it would be a suburb of Chicago. And at that point in time, I would probably stop traveling for wrestling cuz generally just wait a minute and something's coming to Chicago that kind of thing. When Very you live sick. when you come to Oklahoma, when you live in Oklahoma, nothing like really nothing comes here. So if you want to see big shows, you got to go. So it's uh it'll be it, it would be really cool to live in a major city, but it's like I don't know, it's like my road warrior stories. I love to, you know, I get to tell my to tell wrestlers my road warrior stories and they'd be sure? like they be like you make towns like we do and i'm like dude like i feel like it sometimes <laughs> i feel like feel, it yeah like, uh, especially when you get in the, you get in the morning and you you you're going in and you see a wrestler as you walk past and it's like and and it's not like uh Hey, I see this wrestler. It's like, oh, I s- I just saw you twenty minutes ago, and you kind of give each other the nod and keep going. So, it's right, yeah, exactly. like because it's so old hat at that point. So no, I I um I'm really looking for like I said it was uh I'm looking forward to all in, and because of some friends and we'll talk about this later because some friends came over and watched the show with me, I will be attending all out. Which I didn't think there was any Shut way up. I didn't I I didn't think there was any way that I could actually make that happen. But well, my friends have like said, "Hey, you know, we'll do we'll do the thing. Basically, do the things that you need to be there." And I'm like, "So we're actually it's gonna be weird because I'm gonna get back Monday night, right? Probably right. gonna work. Then work Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night." friday morning my friend's gonna pick me up we're gonna drive to chicago and then we're gonna do collision we'll be there friday night and if they do anything saturday we'll go to that and then we'll do collision all out and then drive back on monday sweet dude yeah no
0: i um yeah i i the one last thing i'll say on this before we actually talk about forbidden door is that the 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 one genuine thing that was nice still is that like because if, if I would have tried to go to the show and all that kind of stuff and I would have had to drive home, like thankfully, like I said, I st- I'm I'm back home basically recently because of my new job. um, So I've been able to live uh, with my family for a little bit of time. If I had to drive back from that kind of mistake and I had to go back to my house by myself and then watch Forbidden Door by myself, it would have been miserable. I promise you. Like I would have been exactly what Floyd said. Like I wouldn't have been able to get through it because I'd just be mad and depressed and be like, I should be there. I should be there. The fact that I was able to watch it with my amazing little sister um, next door, next to me as well. And she was all right, too, because she actually got on a Skype call with a bunch of her friends and got to watch the show and stuff like that. So it was fun that way. So she still got a lot of enjoyment. And our awesome dad actually stayed up and watched the whole show. Like he really? doesn't normally eat he, he doesn't normally stay up for all the shows and stuff like that. But I told him about, you know, Okada and. Danielson, I told him about like when you see Osprey Omega, dude. Like I watched that Wrestle Kingdom match. Holy shit! And he couldn't believe it. Like he was freaking out at that match. Um, so the fact that I got to spend Forbidden Door with my amazing like family, who I am un, I I'm I'm so grateful to because not a lot of people have. I'm I'm grateful that I have a relationship like that with my family because I know some people don't. I, I I have friends who have had like. You know, they've felt they've been estranged with their parents and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes things are, get toxic. And it's this is a luxury, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Not a lot of people get this. So the fact that I got to get this with wrestling, with an amazing show, like, makes up for me being a fucking idiot. Which they put up with a lot, I have to say. Which, again, so grateful.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's talk about some wrestling
0: Let's talk about this fucking show, dude. It was so <laughs> good. It was so good. Um, so I will say this, though. I want to get this general question out of the way because you you were at Forbidden Door 1 with us. Uh-huh. Better or worse?
1: I, I personally believe the best match on Forbidden Door 2 was the best match of Forbidden Door. Yeah. I truly believe, and I tried to be... Pretty much as unbiased as humanly possible, because I am a human. So <laughs> I, I truly believe last year was better, as from a bell to top bell, down. yeah, top down show. I believe last year was better. That's mm-hmm. just my initial, you know, beginning reaction. I think last year was better. I mean, if someone someone's like, well, you're stupid. This year's better. (laughs) I I, I won't get mad at you. I I won't. Right. I mean, I think they were two really good shows. And Don't get me wrong. That's what I I think they were two good shows. But I just think for, for me, my personal preferences, last year was probably better to me. But, you know.
0: It definitely helped that FTR was on the show. Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it was never
1: going to be seven stars. This show was never going to be seven stars, you know, because you can't right. be
0: seven stars without FTR. But I will say. I also have to say, too, the 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 big thing I would say at least about Forbidden Door two, 1 that sets it apart, because obviously, like I said, the best match, like what Floyd said, the best match of Forbidden Door 2 was the best match of Forbidden Door 1. I will not. I can't disagree with that. It's because it's legitimately true. But the amount, the amount of hell that happened leading up to forbidden door Two, that show could have been set up to be a train wreck and it came out and it was the best show. Like it was the best show of the year. Absolutely. Like hands down, like considering the amount of people that were, that couldn't be there because of either injury or illness or stuff like that, or people couldn't get over from Japan, or everything like that. Dude, we had like fucking four different things that I think changed for that show, and it still ended up being absolutely outstanding. That is why I would personally say Forbidden Door 1 tops Forbidden Door 2 as a whole, but Forbidden Door 2 also had Omega Osprey. Correct. And we got Okada in a Fatal 4-Way match, which is always fun, but Okada in a singles match. There's levels to this, guys. Yeah. There's what. There's levels to this. I'm. I'm just saying. But
1: I. I mean, and I, I. I will say this: If Brian Danielson and Okada, and we'll talk about this as we go through the match by right. match, was what I thought it was going to be. I. W- I would probably say this one was better. Exactly. It. Ju- it just. It wasn't, and we found out there was a very good reason for that. And we'll, like I say we'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah, let's 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 start breaking down the show because I keep saying yeah. we're gonna talk about it in a minute. We might as well get
0: to talking. No, oh, yeah, I then. I just wanted to bring, <laughs> ask yeah, that question absolutely. first. Absolutely, but but so we opened up the show. We'll we'll get quickly through the zero hour portion of the thing. Mogul embassies versus El Desperado and Chaos opened the show. Uh, Swerve did a damn good job on this too, and all and I gotta say as well, El Desperado clearly not wanting to be with. Uh, chaos and best friends and Rapungi vice and all that like him being like just stuck in the hug and not wanting to be there was very very funny um Brian Cage um like took Trent and absolutely fucked him over on the apron too um and Swerve got the big win uh, on Rocky Romero which I do like that Swerve is continuing to you know get some momentum and at least give the mogul embassies a little bit of stuff because yeah Gates of Agony you know like they're they're there. I like, uh, they're fine, but it at least kind of gives the Mogul Embassy a little bit more to work off of, too. But they, uh, this was a solid opening uh, buy in match, I would say.
1: You know, I thought it was really good. And if you notice, if you have not noticed this, you should be no- seeing this. This person by the name of Swerve Scott is a uh, heel only by name. Every match that he's in, whose house swerves house yeah, whose seriously. house he does something dastardly they cheer him it's at this point where this man is so good at his job that he's seems like he's going to have to uh force uh he's going to force a uh, face turn soon because it's just Real. it's just he's being cheered every time he comes out there or he's or he's going to have to just you know turn up the villainy or a little bit, yeah. Because, or just
0: like calm yeah, down, yeah, like yeah. with the high spots that like get people hot riled up. But
1: yeah, right now he is on this level. Right now, uh, we were in Chicago, and it felt like Toronto was just as hot. Cheering oh yeah, cheering him, cheering him really hard. And this dude, he's put on weight. He uh, put on uh, Twitter that he's two hundred and twenty pounds now. So he's doing the work on his. He did the work on his physique. I mean. There's not a a lot he can do. I remember they called Anthony Bowens the five-tool player. Swerve is very much the same five tools. It's like the thing that he comes out with is ridiculous. You know, with the mask and the jacket, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't work. But he's so cool and he's so charismatic, he makes it work. Like, it literally looks like he went and got, like, a mask from, like, uh, Dick Sporting Goods or something, and just city, yeah, yeah. yeah, or something like that. It just looks terrible, and but he makes it work. It's just like, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've hated people like that all my life, where they can do stuff that's stupid and still look cool. Yeah, that yep. man, that, yeah, that man is on that level right now. He he can wear what he wants, he can pretty much do what he wants, and the fans behind him. I do think a lot, you know, I his talent not taking away anything from his talent, but his music is pretty amazing that's what uh, i'm yeah, saying yeah, dude yeah, the yeah. music also helps oh, a lot too yeah, yeah. yeah like his, his whole his whole presentation feels like a star and i feel like the fans are starting to accept him as a star and it's like you know tk put your hand up to your ear like hogan and listen
0: crowds tell me what they want or put, your, or put your, your hand up to your ear like cm punk
1: that's true because you know leg <laughs> uh, like drop dropping the business cm
0: punk Toronto was so mad. They were so mad, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Owen Hart Women's uh, Women's uh, found Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament matchup. Uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Athena versus Billy Starks. I will give all my flowers and all my love to Billy Starks, but Athena is so fucking good. She is so good. I I will not stop screaming about Athena. For real, yeah, yeah I got to steal a line from
1: uh, my boy Rich Lada. He, he, he didn't, I didn't hear what he said about it tonight, but he always said uh, uh, Roderick Strong is wrestling like he wouldn't. He ain't going back, and so that means he wrestles his ass off ever because he's not going back to the hood or whatever. I feel like Athena's in that level right now. Like every match like whether i'm watching our roh on thursdays whether she was wi- working dark whether she's working you know anything she is putting her all into every match and she's really showing herself as a, st- a top tier performer it's like oh my god and everybody's like where was this Athena? at i mean she was always there she's she was just, always she, there dude. she's just a really good wrestler she is she doesn't need like the super gimmicks and all this stuff she's just a really good wrestler and That's she just thing, goes like, out there and, and performs
0: you go back and watch her in nxt dude it was there it was there like it was in there in spurts in wwe you just never got to see her because they never used her
1: yeah like, that. like
0: this girl is going on, uh, on on ring of honor and she's getting fucking superplex off of the apron through a fucking chair contraption of just devastation Yeah, and and she's killing wrestling like a couple nights later.
1: Yeah, she's killing it every week. I gotta, I gotta give her her credit. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's killing it right now. She's really on a different level. I would love to see her more featured on, you know, like Dynamite and Collision. Uh, there's another show, so maybe we'll see that in the future.
0: What I, what I'm personally hoping for, honestly, is that I think it would be a good idea to have, uh, uh, This is me fantasy booking a little bit, but, like, my idea would be I would like Sky Blue to feud with uh, Athena on Ring of Honor, win the Ring of Honor Women's Championship from Athena, they finish out their feud, Athena goes to Dynamite and starts tearing it up while Sky Blue holds it down at Ring of Honor for a little bit, and that's when Sky Blue can come back. and then Because I know they really want to use Sky Blue, and they've loved her, and she's been great. I think getting a title on her would be great. I just don't think the TBS championship or the ring of honor, I mean, or the AW women's championship. I don't think any of those spots are there for sky blue yet. So I think her winning the ring of honor women's championship off of Athena and then allowing Athena to move up. I think that works out well. And it gets both girls, a lot of credibility and a lot of, uh, triumph that I think they deserve. I, you know what? That sounds good to me.
1: Uh, I honestly, anything that gets a more on the TV doing her Stand thing, straight. any uh, the doing uh, her thing. I mean, I was, I honestly never a big fan in NXT, and I just wasn't. I like, she was fine, she had a great finisher, but I wasn't the, that person when it looked like she might end Oscar's streak. I was like, I don't think she's the person. I, this new aggressive, angry Athena. This is her it, best version. For this sure, this I will is say. the her best work. This is the version I'm a fan of. I can imagine
0: it was always
1: there, but she's finally getting to show it. So, oh, trust yeah. me. Yeah,
0: trust me. Angry Athena has always been a thing. You want to? You want proof of that? Watch her lose to Candice Lerae in Pokemon Stadium on Up Up Down Down. Oh, Candice okay. Lerae wiped the floor in the finals of a Pokemon Stadium tournament that Up Up Down Down did. And Athena got white, like, she got the shit wrecked out of her. And she got, like, genuinely hot, like, and heated. And Candice LeRae, like, Johnny Gargano was supporting her because Athena beat her earlier in the tournament. And she got, uh, Johnny Gargano literally got Candice a, like, crystal Togepi necklace and uh, a, a crystal Mewtwo as well. Uh, to get in there and she was all dressed up as like Team Rocket like uh, uh, cosplay and Athena's so mad that she's losing and then she yells at her boyfriend when he gets back being like she got a crystal togepi and all this kind of stuff you didn't give me anything and I'm losing now because of this it, she got so mad it's amazing so if you if you haven't seen that seek that out for real
1: Dude, up up down down has uh, for uh, like in a, like the history of it has introduced me to so many like characters. I remember Jimmy and Jay were still doing the painted face dance yeah. thing before, it, and I remember watching the show and I was like, and it, you'd see them going at each other, and I'm like, why are they
0: not doing this on Dude, TV? Dude, did you see the did you see the episode where they were playing star, where uh, Austin Green was playing? The, the, we'll get off topic for a split second. Did you see the uh, episode where Austin Creed was playing Star Wars Battlef- Battlefront with Cody Rhodes as Stardust? No, I did not you see that. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, I'm sending that to you, dog, dude. It's so funny because he's, he's in character a little bit and he's doing stupid shit, but at the same time running off Star Wars facts as they're playing the whole thing.
1: Yes, Uh, Cody. Cody loves the Star Wars. Oh, we know, we know. He's so weird because he's very much like me. Like I'm pretty much equal Star Wars and Star Trek. I I might be Star Trek. I might be a little bit. uh, You know, I started last June and I've watched every episode of every Star Trek show in the last year. So. Well, that's a, all I have is time. Just put it that way. <laughs> so I watched every episode. I went through uh, Star Trek, Next Generation, DS9, Voyager. I even watched the other show that somebody told that everyone told me not to watch. I forgot what it was called. It was with Scott Bakula. I think it was. Enterprise. It wasn't just Star Trek Enterprise, and yeah. I watched I watched every 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 episode, and I became a huge like I like Star Trek. I, I am mean, like I I can't say I'm a huge fan because I'm not going to go back and watch them all again or anything. Right, right, right. right. But I really did enjoy it uh, or enjoy the time. So that would be interesting to watch. It's probably something someone has sent to me in the past because I was a huge fan of Stardust. I know people people probably think I should be embarrassed to say that. I'm not huge fan of stardust and so um you know so that would be cool it might even been something i watched before and forgot i watched but we'll find out when i watch it later
0: yeah but anyways uh, getting back on track uh finishing up the the uh uh zero hour matches Stu graces Stu grayson versus el phantasmo was fine i will say good to see elp um i don't really have too much to say it was a solid match i would say that's all i really got i, I remember watching it
1: and i remember a lot of cool stuff happened i literally don't know who won
0: uh, it was uh el fantasma
1: oh, okay el fantasma because i remember Stu grayson hitting a 450 but he i didn't did, remember yes. i didn't remember if he actually got the pin on that or what you happened know. uh it was we had snacks and i think i went and i got up and went and got a snack
0: you know like yeah we uh, ordered pizza so um yeah no like, it was fine and um United Empire versus Los Inglonables de Japón. I got Hiromu Tanahashi. Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi. I didn't get Daryl, though. I wanted Daryl. We didn't get Daryl. I'll put up with it. But I got Hiromu. I'm all good with that. And I got my Um, boy
1: Shingo. I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, dude, it was so fucking weird seeing TJP. I'm sorry. I know he's in United Empire, but it was so fucking weird seeing him. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, TJP is uh yeah, very much like him him and um I forgot uh forgot his name, but he has a tag partner and they're the Junior Tag Team Champions. Is it Fletcher or is it Jeff Cobb? No, it's not neither one. It's a a Francisco uh New Japan Junior Tag Titles. Akira, Akira. Akira. Okay. Yeah, um uh, yeah, uh Francisco, is it Francisco Akira? But, yeah, it's uh, Akira. And uh, they've been the Junior Tag Team Champions like, like a long time. They lost it and then pretty much got it back really recently. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, very much a IWGP Junior Tag Team title history. There you go. And we are down to, okay, TJP and uh, Francis- Francesco Akira. Were the Mm -hmm. champions and they lost the belts and I think they won them back uh, recently. So yeah, it's uh, so yeah, they are uh, the junior tag team champions there. So they were pretty much yeah. uh, United Empire was running the tag division in New Japan for a while there because technically they had all the tag belts because Mm -hmm. just before they had to give them up, uh, you know, Aussie Open. Were the strong and New Japan Tag Team Champions, and then Akira and uh, Akira and TJP were the Junior Tag Team Champions. So they literally had all the uh, United Empire had all the tag belts in eight, uh in uh, New Japan at one point. Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. Um, well, also, last thing I will say about Zero Hour. Uh, let Let's give a big shout out to Chris Charlton um chris charlton uh from new japan good to hear him on the buy-in at the very least so we full on had kevin kelly and chris charlton uh so i was good to see him at least commentate a little bit of the uh, zero hour matches before he disappeared into the ether back through the forbidden door um just wanted to say shout out to them um but um moving on though opening the show with the man who wanted to get out of toronto as fast as humanly possible didn't watch, want to watch a show full of a bunch of indie no-names from Japan. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, versus the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. MJF comes out, and he's got uh, his robe that says, uh, New Japan is an indie, which so fucking funny, so funny. Um,
1: and then he at, had ace my ass on the elbow pads. That's right, yeah. Ace my ass.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: You know, um, so I, I I saw it and, and I saw it and it said ace is. And you know his catchphrase is mid, so I was like, does this say ace is mid? And then somebody had froze it and it said ace my ass. I think he should have put ace is mid. I think that would have been better.
0: It would have been definitely. <laughs> I think it would have fit a little bit more, but regardless, yeah, I, I was dope. Um, but Tanahashi, um, I I know his match that he had uh, uh, leading into Forbidden Door uh, was a little bit, you know, it was a little like, you know, you could see the like the age show a a little bit with Ace. But I think this definitely helped a lot more because MJF works way more of a, for lack of a better term, sports entertainment style where there's way less just move, 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 move. He gets in between and he does a lot of stuff to buy to play to the crowd and give a little bit more breathing room whether it be fucking around playing the fake air guitar and then air humping and flipping fans off and doing all this kind of stuff um he tried to walk out walk back up the ramp and tanahashi got the crowd to chant coward which then made it and made mjf go back up the ring um yeah but honestly it was still a really good match i will say though um it was a solid match to open up the show um and mjf uh doing as he does best, really giving it to Tanahashi and cheating as best he can by shoving Tanahashi into the ref uh, as he uh, proceeds to go and hit him with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. That's how he ends up getting the pinfall to retain the AEW World Championship. Um, it was good, honestly, a good start to it, um, and it did justice for the ace, Two, who looked good in this match, I have to say. What's lost
1: on MJF? And I think what he's so good on the mic, he's such a despicable heel. But he understands what it takes to be a heel. He can, he works to the speed of his opponent. He never tried yes, to exactly. rush. He never tried to rush Tanahashi. He never tried to do anything when Tanahashi was on the top ropes and he was taking forever. I saw it with Swerve on Saturday night. Uh, they adjusted for it. Uh, MJF uh, sold for him, made him look like made him look really, really strong, and you know, and took the finish home. And it felt like he stole one from Tanahashi. It does, a- and it's like MJF's just really good. People, like I said, him being such a good character, and him being such a good on the mic, and him just being such an asshole. Makes people forget how exceptional of a professional wrestler. That's again, like I said, it's why
0: it's why I go back and back with people telling me it's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's not there yet. I'm like, no, he's there. Like like MJF is there. Like I'm saying, if he's not, if he's not in your top ten wrestlers, like currently going today, you're not watching wrestling. You're not like looking hard enough because MJF is out here legitimately running professional I, wrestling in a way of heels. Like there's like people talk about is like, you know, I love Dominic Mysterio what he's doing. He's not MJF. Yes. MJF didn't need Mommy to be able to be the biggest heel. I just have to say.
1: When they talk about when they talk about the four pillars and they talk about the four pillars for what AEW likes. They pick the correct four pillars for the gimmick cuz they are four in-ring, amazing in-ring performers, right? But I always said talk about when you talk about the four pillars the one that's actually a pillar of the company and I said MJF and the reason is he's amazing on the mic, he's amazing on the ring, he steps up I I have yet to see a swing and a miss with MJF. No, I I haven't either. I've yet to see him look anything but comfortable in the ring. He looked like he's in there with Tanahashi, you know, one of the legends of New Japan. I always say, I call him the John Cena of New Japan because... Uh, I always said if you watch, uh, like I saw uh, Tanahashi kind of later in his career where he started playing up all the injuries and all that kind of stuff. I never saw peak Tanahashi. So for a while I didn't get him, but I do understand how much the fans love him. It'd be like if you started watching Yan Cena in year 15, it's like, okay, why does he do this? Why does he do this? Because you didn't see the character build. So I always say Tanahashi's on that level. And last night, again, you see, Tanahashi's age, but you know that's the one person that's under undefeated is Father Time, B- uh, Father Time. So uh, I, I, you saw his age, but he's still the ace. And the reason I think he still was the ace is because MJF sold for him, and I loved, I loved, loved, loved Kevin Kelly talking about how the turnbuckles are different that's why uh he wasn't yeah. able to get his footing no, cuz it was real and you saw was. and you saw it playing out the turnbuckle pad is different in new japan to AEW and he literally couldn't get his footing and it was i don't know if the pads the uh, turnbuckle pads were slick or they're too narrow or what's going on it affected him in both of his matches so hopefully if he comes back to work in AEW, he can get a little bit more comfortable with the turnbuckles because and again, the high fly flow is a huge part of his offense. It's
0: absolutely but also too, let's 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 make this clear. Like, can we shout out Kevin Kelly, dude? I was so happy that he A is the main play by play guy for Collision. I love that he's working collision as a head commentator. I love that. And him doing this stuff with New Japan, dude, like and now being on Forbidden Door, dude. Like Kevin Kelly dude I've got so much love and respect for Kevin Kelly like he was super cool to me like what I say when I got to see him at all in a uh, starcast and he's a legend in my eyes dude I got like and he's he's so good at what he does he's so good he's been doing it for so many years like I got nothing but love and praise for Kevin Kelly for real like that needs to be said like
1: yeah, yes what is
0: yeah it, what he said in this match like talking about like giving co- context and really protecting Okada, I mean, uh, protecting Tanahashi by giving good explanations like why this is what it is.
1: Yeah, so I, I thought he was exceptional. I always say I kind of know most announcing. I thought he was exceptional in this match with
0: Tanahashi. For real. Next up, Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Quarterfinal. CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. Toronto, Toronto, no like you, CM Punk. Your mark is showing. Yeah, your mark is showing. You, you're so mad.
1: You're so mad. Okay, like, I, 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 I have to say what I said on social media. We must forgive them. This is the, this is the group that cheered Hulk Hogan over the Rock. You know, see how that it turned is. out with Hulk Hogan. So uh, they don't know better. They don't know better. Uh, so I'm I'm going to forgive them this one time. Now, when CM Punk graces you with his presence again, you cheer him. You cheer him. Because Show respect
0: to the best you, in the your, world.
1: Your favorite's arms are not long enough to box with the god that is CM Punk.
0: Yep. Talking for real now. <laughs> yeah. People, because people were like, honestly, being like, "You are you upset about this? Like, why would I be upset? Like, this do you the- hear this crowd, dude? Yes. They are feral. They are in a tizzy. They oh. can't control themselves. This is a quarterfinal match, not even a semifinal or a finals match for the for this for this Owen Hart Tournament. It's only the second time this tournament has happened against a guy. Like, listen, Satoshi Kojima is a legend." Um, I've heard from many new Japan fans that like or specifically Japanese fans like they're kind of upset because in Japan like he doesn't really get as much shine as he used to but he got a lot of shine uh, in the Canadians eyes which was awesome to see gotta give no and loved Kojima he was so cool to see him <laughs> All right,
1: let me ask did they love him or did they
0: hate? that's a toss-up honestly i can't answer that question but let me let me let me let me say this right now dude like and i i said it on the collision on the on the last episode when we were talking about collision dude this is like john cena level like reactions times a thousand because that's the thing john cena was just being john cena and he was getting those mega split reactions and just getting huge reactions because he's john cena CM Punk is getting these reactions on top of the fact that people see this outside drama and it adds to it. Cena never had drama like this. They just didn't like Cena or they love Cena because he's the best, the top star in the company and they love that or because he's the top star in the company and they hate that. CM Punk is a a megastar and people hate that and hate the things that happened backstage or they love him for the reasons that I love him. This is incredible. Like, I was a fucking... I was, a, I was giddy with joy watching this. Because I just... Like I said, I've said before, dude. When this blows off... Oh my god. Um, Because, hey, listen. This was the first show. Both The Elite and CM Punk were at this show. From Meltzer's mouth himself. He said... Things seem to be a little bit more peaceful, not fully, but a little bit more because it had to be. They were both at the same fucking show. OK. And he did it after the match, too, going towards the heel entrance uh, back to the face entrance for right now. He going down that entrance pretty soon, guys.
1: You know, you know who started this, right? You know, you know, the, I have to give the shout out to my boy. The wrestler that started this faking going down the wrong entrance, his name was Cody Rhodes. Yes, it was he would he would fake like he was going left and then go right. But the thing about Mister P- Mister Punk, uh, I feel like he's coming home soon. Uh, oh yeah, everybody's like, oh, they're booing your boy Punk. I'm like, good. Hey, Bro. I, like, Bro. I like I like if you know me very well uh, from when I list my favorite wrestlers of all time. They have something very, very much in common. They tend to wear black hats uh so yeah I'm waiting i mean i'm i'm waiting i i have i am conspiracy theorist one on one I believe that's the reason they are rushing so much CM, CMFTR merch out right now. Mhm I think that's why you've gotten two shirts and a hoodie. I don't see them they have' not put out this much merch for anybody this quick. They then did the Punk to, uh, Tuesday shirt. They did the Larry shirt. I think they're getting as much punk CMFTR merch sold as they can before something happens where people are not going to be as excited to buy their merch.
0: Well, because I'm going be wearing yeah, the black hats, but I, yeah, we will. We'll yeah, be buying I'm,
1: that shit. I'll still be wearing it. I was about to say, I'm, lo- I'm looking for me a nifty black cowboy hat to start wearing the wrestling shows. I just want to let y'all know boo my guys i'm i'm please please Please. the more you hate them the better that they're doing and no cm punk last night looked like he was seriously in his element oh and he was having
0: such a ball dude the fact that he did a little callback to that sit down interview he did with uh samoa joe during like prime Ring of Honor days, where he talked about the crank call he did on Gabe Sapolsky pretending to be Homicide. Kojima! Lariat! 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 Kojima! I was dying. I was losing my shit. I was just like, I cannot, because I remembered that. I was like, it's so crazy he's going to be wrestling Kojima. He literally made that joke like all those years ago back in Ring of Honor when he did that little fun little sit down shoot interview with a. Uh, Samoa Joe, and it's so fucking funny. And now people are overlaying that on top of him doing it in the ring. So good. Also, fucking Kojima elbow dropped this man in the dick. Like, let's let's not mince words here. Kojima came down for an elbow drop and landed straight on Punk's like dick. Like, and he's just like, I don't have the technology to fix that. I've like, it is what it is. And I'm like, I understand Kojima. You, if you elbow me in the dick, I would say thank you. I would say, I'd say thank you, uh, uh, Kojima-san. I would not tell you otherwise because I'm kind of scared of you a little bit. Um, but it was outstanding. Um, the match uh, finished great as he hits the roundhouse kick and then gets the uh, uh, GTS pins Kojima and then shows him the respect that he deserves after the match. I gotta say, very classy. And then, like I said, yeah. Am I going here? Not right now. Not right now. Just you wait, guys. Just you wait. The moment, the moment CMFTR gets their black caps and they find them, because right now they don't have them. They got lost in their last bag, like last suitcase or something like that on the road. They're going to find those black hats, and they're going to wear them proud. And y'all are going to be so mad. You already are. You already are. You can't contain yourself with these guys. Like, you stop remembering that wrestling is not real. You get into an absolute feral tizzy when these guys come out. And I love it. I love it. Like I said, it was the first shows that we had CMFTR when they weren't in Chicago. I absolutely saw this coming. I knew I thought in Chicago it was going to be split, to be fair. I was completely wrong on that part because look, Chicago don't care. It it's their guy. But yeah, Toronto, very smart crowd. Not smart enough to like CM Punk though. That's on you though. But it's fine. You and know, me. you do you guys. They like the Maple Leafs so. Yeah, Whatever. exactly. Let, and again, let me let me shout out to uh the uh cuz we didn't did we get to talk about this after collision where he said he I think he did say that we did talk about this where he said like I, I will take the loss as the team leader for this match, but I just want you all to know that even though I lose sometimes, I'm going to come back and fight harder and get better, just like your Toronto Maple Leafs. That's what, hey, again, tell me when he's telling lies. I've heard <laughs> no lies told yes. since he came back.
1: Yes. And every time like someone says, all he does is lie, and then you ask him, and then they're like, they never know an actual answer. So, uh, whatever. Uh, Alright, on to... Moving
0: on, yes. yes the AEW and- International Championship four-way between the champion Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy, the New Japan the New Japan World TV Champion Zack Sabre Jr., the Ring of Honor Pure World Champion Katsuyori Shibata, and Daniel Garcia. First off, Daniel Garcia is an absolute menace. This man he gets punched in the face. I love the fact that people are going, like, Daniel Garcia just wants to vibe out. He wants to rock out with his cock out and just dance. And people are getting mad at him for it. As he's just doing his hip gyrations. people punch him. He's like, nah, I'm going to keep doing it. Nah. And they just start beating him up until he comes off the road and clotheslines Clothesline, Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata. And then he's just like, yeah, fucking let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And- it's the dumbest thing in the world but i love it like it's it doesn't fit daniel garcia the way that he looks the way that he talks or anything like that but the fact that he just is he just runs with it i just can't i can't help it it's the funniest shit in the world
1: daniel uh, daniel garcia sports entertainer was the greatest thing to ever happen to daniel garcia i'm like i think he'd be tearing it out with the black bull combat club but getting to show his personality and getting to just like kind of enjoy wrestling but also be a badass i think it's going to be better for him in the future than you know just being, just being a, in the BCC, that, yeah yeah just being an ass kicker i i you know even yuda Utah showing a lot more personality in the bcc he has and i i think that was perfect for him that's what he needed and what Daniel Garcia needed is this time in the JS as a sports entertainer. His time to be killer Daniel Garcia that chokes you out and taps you out will come. But right now, showing personality, I think he's gaining fans, gaining more attention. You also see one of those things I always talk about physiques. He's gaining bulk because that dude was like... Uh, early Zach Sabers junior skinny when he came in and he's uh, really putting in the work on his physique. And when it is his time to get pushed, he's going to have both the body and I'm not, I've never questioned his wrestling skills. He's very good in the ring. So when uh, you know, you take the personality, the wrestling skills, the physique, he can be one of your top
0: guys one day. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but this match was damn good. Shibata like, is so freaky. like Him and Zack Sabre Jr. just getting straight into New Japan, just absolute strong style, kicking the hell out of each other. Z- Zack Sabre just using his outstanding technical wrestling to just manipulate the human body in ways that it shouldn't move. Um, and Orange Cassidy, dude, that man busting his ass. So much so that he got Brian Danielson to shout him out at the media scrum, being like, I didn't get him but that dude's amazing. I can't like, he's outstanding. And I was like, dude, you got the dragon to shout you out after being like, I don't get it. And then you turn you changed my mind, like straight up. I I Uh, don't,
1: I don't know anyone that isn't like that when it comes to him. Cause that was me. That was me. I mean, I didn't get him at first. I was like, uh, I mean, I thought this was a cool little gimmick, but it would get old and he would go the way of like Santino, Morella, R-Truth, all that stuff. And that dude has grown so much in his character, grown so much in his role in AEW. And I just, I, I, it took me a while, but I just accepted that he's an exceptional professional wrestler. And last night did nothing to go against that. Now he's wrestling hurt and he's selling the injuries while he's doing all the moves. Yeah. And it's even showing another level of how exceptional he is. Zack Sabre Jr., I think in every Fatal 4-Way, in every 3-Way, most wrestling... People will say this. There is somebody that is the glue, the person that holds the four-way match together. I felt like ZSJ was very much the glue of this match. I felt like he was the quarterback. Everything kind of went through him. Uh, Shirvada was brilliant. And, you know, this was probably my second favorite match of the night.
0: Yeah, honestly, dude, it was it was just really good. Um, um, and I love, too how like Shibata beat the hell out of Garcia and looked like he was gonna get it, but Orange Cassidy goes, takes out his his kind of friend a little bit. He yeah he, 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 he had to do the
1: hill thing to keep the he champion. Did.
0: He had to just to make sure he kept the belt and yeah. he got Shibata out of there. Rolls up Garcia after all the work's done and he retains the title and they all. And, hey, him and Shibata still shook hands, you know. The, fr- the 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 relationship is mended for a little bit. Not mended enough for Shibata to put the sunglasses back on, sadly. But, you know, we can't get there immediately.
1: But- this is the highest level of respect I can give Orange Cassidy. As far as this gimmick, because I think Cody did it really well in TNT, showing defending the title wearing on him. I honestly think Orange Cassidy has surpassed Cody in for for a title reigns it, it, it just just the the progression of the body and how it's affecting him and showing actually telling the story about being desperate to keep the title you know what yeah. i mean i think he has reached this level where it's like you like you believe it every time that Orange Cassidy has finally found something he cares about, and once now that he's found something that he truly cares about, he he will do anything to keep it. I don't think this is leading to a heel turn, but it might end, end up leading to like a crisis of faith that plays out on TV.
0: Maybe just a little bit, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, like um, what are
1: you willing to do? You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. for real. Um, moving on we have the iwgp world heavyweight championship match between Sonata and jungle boy Jack Perry um, sonata had Dauke, uh by his side and jungle boy had the FTw champion hook by his side um gotta say bit of a disappointment of a match for me personally sonata was good jungle boy was good but it just nothing was really making me go like wow and it definitely hurt that it followed the four-way a little bit, I will say. Um, but right. and also too, nobody in their mind thought Sonata was losing that belt to Jungle Boy. So, so it just it kind of just became a match that not a lot of people really so, you know attached to.
1: So this is what I gotta put on them, right? So you had Jungle Boy saying, I don't I mean you had Sonata saying, I don't know who you are. You had Jungle Boy saying, I don't know who Sonata is. And and it seemed very personal, right? The match, in my opinion, from what I saw, now somebody might have saw different. They could have wrestled a lot more aggressive and personally. Like, when Jungle Boy comes out there with Sonata, like, Oh, you don't know who I am, and he's talking and then just slaps the shit out of Sonata, yeah, and they have oh they could have yeah, gotten yeah, way more- physical, physical yeah. you know, and then Sonata of course wins, you know, but you could have sometimes knowing the outcome can affect the match if you let it sometimes if you if you play up the story, you can forget you can get caught up in the match and forget what you know. And it was just like dating going to do a good job of forgetting what they were making us forget what we knew. And it was a very, like I said, very good. I mean, they're very capable professional wrestlers. It was a very capable wrestling match. It was a very good wrestling match. It told the story that Sonata was just better than Jungle Boy. Sonata didn't even have to use like any of his big finishers. You know, he used his like secondary finisher to beat Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy just not on that level yet. So, it that was, uh, you know, that was disappointed. Jungle Boy, also, I, to me, his frustration in losing or losing at during the match of frustration of not being able to keep him down, I think he could have played that up more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because, you know, what was about to happen, you, you don't necessarily want to telegraph it but you do right. want to foreshadow it so people will be like, oh, yeah, that, that thing he did now that led to that. Yeah. And it was like, once the thing happened, everybody's like, okay, we kind of knew it was coming, but I don't think he made it made sense in his storytelling.
0: Yes, so basically, after Sonata 1, Hook helps Jungle Boy to his feet, they walk up the ramp, and then Hook gets dropped by Jungle Boy, clothesline across the neck, and he's being like, what? Like, and does the waving out. And he just, like, you've got Taz being like, the hell are you doing, man? And just getting him all riled up. And Jungle Boy walks to the back as Hook is knocked down. And Taz basically, before he leaves the commentary booth for the night, says, he is a dead man. Yes. <laughs> like, so, and let
1: me tell you, Taz sold the heels her in the vest. He, uh, Damn straight he did. Took off his glasses, said, kept saying, "I'm gonna try to remain professional," and you know, like the like uh, the the crowd screaming, "You fucked up!" And he's like, "The crowd is telling him what you did. You definitely effed up." And it was just like, it was just like, it was, it was, it, it, you know. Dad came out. It w- it wasn't Taz. You know, it wasn't the character oh, yeah. Taz that talk shit. You know, it was Dad that came out. And you got and to that's hear somehow Dad.
0: scarier than Taz. Yeah,
1: oh it, it was definitely scarier than Taz. Uh and it was like Dad came out and he was he was somber. Cause you know how some people like when they're trying to get mad, they yell. But honestly, when you were like really angry, you get almost c- like I wouldn't call it calm, but quiet, because you're trying yeah. to maintain yourself, and he did that perfectly. I was scared for Jungle Boy's life, and I and it was like I know Hook's gonna mess you up, but I thought Taz was gonna go choke him out.
0: Yeah, uh, and I saw two different reactions from my uh, from my good friends uh, who watch wrestling. Of course, Floyd tweeted out uh, after this happened: Jungle Boy has finally become a jungle man. And my good friend, Jared O'Brien, go subscribe to his YouTube channel, The Tune Up. I text him the video, and he literally goes, Jungle Boy diss track drops tomorrow. (laughs) Because he loves Hook. And I I really hope that he gets to enjoy this feud, because I think having Hook get a real blood feud is going to be huge for him, especially. So I'm excited for this whole thing.
1: And I don't believe still, like at this point, Hook has taken a singles loss. So not was, yet, I no. think Jungle Boy might be the guy to do that. I everybody has said he's going back with Christian. Maybe Jungle Boy tries to do it on his own. Uh I don't know. I he's not really strong on the mic because I even said it. The Hill Tower is great. But what would is going to sell it and what is gonna tell me who he's going to be as a heel? Is that first promo after he turns heel? Now, will he be the cutting the promo, or will Christian be cutting the promo? I don't know, but you know, it needs to be. I would, I wouldn't even say it needs to be a home run, but it needs to be a double. You need right. to you need to give me a double. I'm not saying it, it, has it to, can't it can't <laughs>
0: just be a bloop
1: single. Yeah, it has to be like using sports terms. You got to give me a double. You have to give me a solid. This is why you have something I want. You're jealous of me. You know, do the, you know, do the thing. You can hit all the pro wrestling notes because it's not going to be in what you're going to say. It's not. It's truly the word choice is not going to matter. It's going to be in how you say it. Are you going to convince me that you hate Hook? Are you going to convince me that you don't like the fans? With your emotions, with your eyes, with everything, that's what it's going to take to make me believe Jungle Boy is the heel.
0: Yeah. I think I think we can get there. And yeah. I think this could be exactly what Jungle Boy needs. So I'm, I'm hoping this all works out. Absolutely. Um, now we move on to the five-on-five five match between the Blackpool Combat Club, including Shoto Umino and Kunosuke Takeshita. First of all, love the fact that Shota literally did not get the, the, uh, the memo, wear black and don't worry about the fans because Shoto comes out with a white jacket and is just out there high-fiving the fans as the Black Combat Club. And, and there was this,
1: w- this really awesome moment where he's high-fiving a fan and Mox stares at him, kisses, kind of grabs him around the head. It wasn't a kiss, but it was just like really close to his head. And like, come on, like, you, you, like, hey, you know, we hate them. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, showed up. Come on, get over here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, it was very, yeah, like, it was g- very, g- was like, very funny. L- like, when you're in America, yeah, you're not a fan favorite. <laughs> like, you're not, no, 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 we don't do not that. Not right here. now, at
0: least, yeah, yeah. but, Um, Then they faced off against Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii, and The Elite. Um, Gotta say, for me, this was my uh, number two match, I gotta say. This match was just fucking so much shit going on, dude. It was absolutely, like I said, how it typically goes when you see The Elite. Like, if I were to go move for move, it would just be pointless. Um, The one thing I would say, though is that um, Tomohiro Ishii got absolutely fucking clocked uh, by, I believe it was Takeshita, um, but he got an elbow to the head that just, I've i have never seen a man like Ishii fucking take a shot like that and just go. Like, it was unreal. Like, he got rocked in that match, I gotta say. Um, and then just the whole thing, dude, like, Eddie constantly trying to get at uh, uh, Claudio. But then also, too, the moments where they're just chopping. Him and Moxley are just chopping the shit out of each other while all of them are doing, like, dives to the outside and they just keep chopping each other was just amazing. And I also love the fact, too, that after the match, though, he well, during the match, he still is trying to protect uh, Jon Moxley a little bit because, like, dude, they fight, but this man looks at uh, Eddie uh, at John Moxley like a brother, like a like a family figure, even though they just beat the hell out of each other. It there's there's so many levels to Eddie Kingston in his character, dude. He's seriously one of my favorites. Seriously one of my favorites. Dude, so we've seen many different
1: uh different people try to do the complicated storyline in wrestling, and a lot of them don't do it well. You know what I mean? Uh, Eddie Kingston's not one of those people. The I hate Claudio. I hate Claudio. I don't hate you, but I do hate you for being with Claudio. Kind of thing. It's so complicated, so convoluted, and it's so above what wrestling is like, or has it ever been. It, it shouldn't. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it shouldn't work, but he makes it work in this match. Like him and Max chopping the shit out of each other, but in each chop, it wasn't, Anger. It was like a respect in each child because they fought before. That's not a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's not a problem. They are brothers in every sense of the term. They'll beat the shit out of each other, but don't try to mess with them. And it was just like they were beating the shit out of each other. And Eddie was fine as long as he was the one hitting mocks. When anybody else went to hit Mox, he did not like that at all because it has nothing to do with the BCC. It has everything to do with he hates Claudio, and I love this story, and I love how it played out in this match. I think it was, it was the thing that kept this from just being another great BCC and the Elite yes. match. Yes, again, believe There was a story <laughs> that worked. <with> it. Yes, go <laughs> yeah. again. That's what I said. My problem was, was it was with the BCC and the Elite that I didn't feel like there was an emotional. Connection to the
0: story, having Takeshi yeah. there, having yeah. Eddie, Did, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie there. in there,
1: it made me feel through the whole match. I saw someone throw five stars, and I was like, it almost seemed like I didn't even react because it almost seemed so natural. Because you, when you have these people in the ring, right? Any of these people against each other individually, you would expect an amazing match, right? So then when you got these five people fighting each other, it's like, oh, it's going to be an exceptional match. You almost take it for granted. But then Eddie Kingston, Takeshita knocking the shit out of Ishii and they have in their blow contest and everything else going around added so much depth the emotion of this match that i really like it and you know every time the young bucks were hitting tekesha they were yelling go to hell you know they were literally like we hate you even though we have a problem with them we hate you more and Mm -hmm. i i just thought each individual person did a good job of telling their individual rivalries and stories in the match
0: I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like I said, it's the one thing that is definitely the one thing that has definitely held back the elite in terms of like they, the, I've always said the elite are great with storylines that involve like with each other. But then like some points, like it just feels like it's just, you know, th- yeah, there's, there's, there's venom in this feud. There's, 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 it's this feud is personal. But then they're still doing a whole bunch of flippy stuff that, like, it's like, you know, it's very showboating. It doesn't feel like you're actively trying to hurt your opponent. You're just trying to do all this crazy shit. Uh, and I think the addition of Eddie and I think the addition of Ishii and Claudio being tied with Eddie and Moxley's issues with Eddie, it, it just added. And, like, like again, yeah, it's like after the match, even though the BCC won, like, and he was just like, because he had to inflict violence on Moxley in in the way that he did, and also because he didn't get the amount of damage that he wanted with uh, Claudio, he's still mad at the people that he straight up just doesn't like, doesn't respect, doesn't trust in the Elite. So, you know, hey, no progress was made there. So that's how that goes. Um, No progress at all. Yeah, but yeah, no, that would be my second favorite match, honestly, on the card. Next was the AEW Women's World Championship match between Tony Storm and the New Japan Strong Women's World Champion Willow Nightingale. I knew in my heart of hearts that uh, Mercedes Monet wasn't showing up. I knew, but I was still kind of like, ah, I would have fucking flipped out. But then also too, the fact like, you know what? If that was happened, I probably would have like actively jumped out my window. But you know what? We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, this was a good match. I will say, I think like Tony in the way that she really vicious, like gets like so heated in her matches too. I love Tony storm. Seriously. She's one of my favorite girls uh, in the women's division. I think right now, uh, and Willow is outstanding. Um, they did a good job. I gotta say this definitely was a solid match. Um, and considering it, it did follow the insanity. That is, you have to file an elite match. It's a tough spot to be in. I don't think they took too much of a hit, though. I felt like they still held it strong, and Tony Storm was able to gouge the eyes out uh, and uh, Spiker with the Storm Zero get the win. Um, and then you had Sky Blue and Doctor Britt Baker watching us because they're going to be facing those two girls off against in, in the uh, Women's uh, Owen Hart Tournament. Um, yeah, I thought this was so- I thought this was damn solid. I got to say because these two are. Two of the like top tier girls in the women's division for AEW, and just I thought they did a really good job.
1: I, I thought I thought they did a really good job. I love sending the outcast away, teasing. Uh, you know, like I said, kind of bringing you in. No one thought Tony Storm was losing, but with the uh, with them throwing the outcast out, it gave you that moment of doubt that maybe they go ahead and pull the trigger on Willow. I, I didn't think they would. But, you know, it did give me that moment of doubt because, you know, they generally throw the people out. Then uh, Tony winning with the eye poke and the pile driver seemed kind of perfect. You know, it felt like they, you know, it felt like they might have wanted something else here. But I think they did a good job as far as uh, holding it down for the women's division. I'm hoping next year we might get two women's matches, you know, like during on the main card yeah Yeah. not
0: not just the one on zero hour as well correct yeah no i'm right there with you then the iwgp united states heavyweight championship match omega osprey 2 fucking hell dude like straight up this is my match of the year not only that this is currently at this moment in time i think If I'm going straight up just like, like by the numbers, not taking personal feelings like of certain wrestlers out of it, this is my match of all time. Like, this is my favorite match. These two were outstanding because to all of you fucking schmucks, (laughs) proclivity for positivity and all that, like we always say, but to all of you schmucks, go into Forbidden Door and be like, where's the story? I don't see story. This is like, what? why should I care? Pay the fuck attention. And you will see a storytelling masterclass on top of some of the best wrestling you have ever seen in your life. The story coming from Kenny Omega leaving New Japan. And the shoes that had to be filled. Who was going to take New Japan and carry it on their back? Not to mention the man who was going to have to do that through a global pandemic where fans were not allowed to be in attendance. Who was going to do that? It was Will Ospreay. And he did a damn good job. But he wasn't Kenny Omega. And Omega said that. And that led into their match at Wrestle Kingdom. Where Kenny Omega left him bloodied and battered threw his head through a Japanese table and all that kind of stuff and still showed you. 364 days of the year, you are the best wrestler. Not the day that you face Kenny Omega. And then Osprey comes back, wants to do it on his turf, wants to do it in Canada, at Forbidden Door, wants to win back the U.S. title. And he goes through and he literally takes Omega throwing his head straight through the table, the announcer's table, like beating the hell out of him. And Omega, not uh, not even mincing either, continuing to give Osprey hell. And then tying in the storyline that Omega has with Don Callis and Konosuke Takeshita. Don Callis comes out with armed security for Will Ospreay that he's completely fine with. And we were worried, like Floyd and I were worried. We didn't want the match to end because of shenanigans that were storyline-driven. And we thought that might happen. Osprey gets the referee distracted thanks to Don Callis, who got tossed but still came back because rules are bullshit, apparently. Um, and he gets handed the screwdriver. And he uses it on him as the he goes for the one-winged angel. He hits him with an oz cutter. And as it looks like he's going to go out and he's going to... Uh, beat Kenny Omega. He kicks out. And it was just, then all of a sudden you were like, oh my God. And then Osprey starts doing V triggers. And then also proceeds to go ahead and hit a one winged angel. And Omega kicks out at one and the crowd comes unglued. And then, the scariest moment in the match was that Tiger Driver 91. Like, I genuinely thought Omega might have been paralyzed. Like, the way that his head and neck compressed, I was terrified. And I got to say straight up, like, the match didn't need that, I will say. The match would have been amazing without that. Did it add a different element to it? Yes, but maybe not an element that we would all want. I'm not going to get in the argument of should they have done it, should they have not have done it. I'm not a wrestler. I don't say those types of things. They were comfortable doing it. It's not a safe thing to do. Obviously, it's wrestling, nothing safe. We'll, we'll talk about a guy I, who got injured. We'll talk about a guy who got injured literally out I, of nowhere from
1: basic shit. I will say this. I don't know if he was supposed to land like that. I, I don't, don't know think either. I I personally don't believe he was supposed to land like that. And it was a mistake that it happened. And unfortunately in wrestling shit happens. You know what I mean? It's just shit happens you know and it's just like I will personally say I've never trained to be a professional wrestler I've never taken a bump I don't know what it is to wrestle that long and be as sweaty as you are and try to control a man's body weight I don't know what that is I will never know what that is I I would imagine putting myself mentally in that position it would be quite difficult right uh, but dangerous moves if if. Will Ospreay came out and said, I'm never doing that move again. Okay. It wouldn't change my life at all. If Will Ospreay said, oh, it didn't go the way we were supposed to. Cool. Because the mat- those type of moves are between the two wrestlers and the medical staff. Yes. It's not for me to comment on. You, Anyone can comment on it. It's It's free country. You know the blah, blah, blah. Everyone says you can comment on what you want. But my personal position is this. I don't know enough to give an intelligent comment on it. Exactly. So.
0: We are just, we are just fans at the end of the day. We don't do this. <laughs> yes. They are trained professionals at this in a profession where shit can go sideways. All right? If they were comfortable doing it in a 39-plus-minute match towards the tail end of it, and they were comfortable. Remember, these guys have done hour-long matches plus. They clearly have shown to have the stamina to do this, and they are comfortable with it. It was a scary moment. Like, again, we are not the wrestlers. I'm not going to tell a wrestler how to do their job. I'm not going to tell somebody how to do their job, when I don't know the first damn thing about their job.
1: That's I, can, simple. I can tell you what I don't, don't want to see at the moment. I will tell you. I am kind of numb to these things. I didn't even notice it was a problem. I was like, oh, I, I mean, I, I thought it was, it was a scary ass move. I, I saw I, that. I, 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 yeah, I thought it was an ugly bump. But once I saw Kenny move, I was like, whatever. And moved, you know, I moved on with my day. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about it again.
0: Right. So, yeah. Regardless of the fact, though, <laughs> Osprey, Hidden Blade, he beats Omega, he wins the IWGP US Championship back he finally has a win over omega in his home ta- his home state home country sorry and dude it was fucking outstanding like this match was so good and like i said after this match ended i was like we should have been there we would have been there if it wasn't for me being a schmuck and again i'm past it at this point you know it's it, it is what it is like i'm not going to i'm not going to dwell on it but that's straight up what i said um, but he but yeah, dude, it was just absolutely spectacular. Like there is a reason why Kenny Omega is the best bout machine. There is a reason why he is who he is. Even if we are getting towards the tail end of Kenny Omega doing matches like this, like nobody does this type of stuff like him. Stop it with your constant. where's the story? Bah, bah, bah. Like y'all don't pay the fuck attention. Clearly, because that shit was masterful, not just from a wrestling standpoint, but from a story perspective. They absolutely called on previous things that light your head up in the way that it's supposed to because of how this shit is supposed to be done. Osprey, seriously outstanding. I want him to be in the UK for all in because that crowd will go mega shit like if he shows up, and he needs to. He says that date's open for him, so, TK, make it fucking happen. Straight up. It's my match of the year. Not even a close like conversation at this point, dude. It's my match of the year.
1: Well, I keep going back and forth today about whether it's this or the January 4th match. Uh, I truly thought the January 4th match was right there with Okada uh, Dominion match as far as the best matches I have ever seen as far as what I look in and look for in the matches and the drama and all that kind of stuff. So and then this one they come out and they do it and about halfway through I was like, I don't feel like this is hitting January 4th. And then the end uh with uh with the um uh Kamagoye and then uh a one winged angel and the kick out at one and the hidden blade, and then, you know, he had to hit his finisher twice, and it was just, to me, it was so expertly done. The story's so well done that Will Kenny Omega's better than Will Ospreay. And Will Ospreay needed everything, I like a screwdriver, uh, his finisher twice, using Kenny Omega's finishes against him. He needed all of that to beat Kenny Omega on his, to get that one win over Kenny Omega he needed all of that how resilient Kenny Omega was you, when you talk about a person not losing anything in a loss, Kenny Omega lost nothing last night and I, and I think Willow, Will, uh, Will Ospreay didn't lose anything like that this was two of the best storytellers best performers that I've pretty much like ever seen as the way they tell stories believe me i there are people that wrestle less athletic style that i enjoy just as like i can enjoy just as much but these dudes understand the story they want to tell so well so well like after the match i thought i had everything and i get in the social suplex network and they point out different spots that were happening what that happened and what it meant and how you know uh and then you had where um you know he was doing the canadian moves and then he took the flag from the kid and did all
0: that oh my Uh, god dude i didn't even mention that yeah that was out uh, like full-on sean michaels in toronto and and uh in uh, Montreal, like full on, like Too, up his nose and all that kind of stuff. The so kid many, got it back after uh, Osprey got hung with it by Omega and they gave the flag to the kids. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, they didn't give the flag back to the right person, though.
0: No, they didn't. They just gave it to the kids, though, which yes, I think sir. is even better.
1: No, I hope the other person got his fucking flag back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, I'd be pissed. like, take that yeah. flag back from those
1: kids. I tell you this right now. I would have took it a a wrestling used flag in one of the greatest wrestling matches ever what kind of what kind of memento is that
0: you're gonna steal that from a kid
1: No, I'm not gonna steal it I'm gonna take my damn flag back (laughs) how's it stealing when it's yours how's it stealing when it's yours
0: apparently it's not yours anymore according to (laughs) Kenny Omega No, are you gonna gonna disagree with Kenny Omega absolutely gonna disagree with Kenny Omega (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that. Hey, I would have got pulled out by security trying to get my shit back. <laughs> that was a ring used. Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega flag. Think about that. You, you get I them would. to sign that. You go put that on eBay. That's probably going for three or four grand, easy. Noah, No, uh, so
0: awful. no I,
1: so no, awful. I, I love kids. I love kids. But that's mine. Why would I give him something that's mine? I mean, there's difference. It would be like, (laughs) like, like, uh, 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 you know, Cody's coming out to give out the weight belt and he looks like he's going to give it to me. And there's a kid next to him. It's like, give it to the kid. I don't care. Right. But I didn't, I brought the flag. He took the flag out of my hand. I'm supposed to get that flag back. Correct.
0: Hey man, I
1: ain't saying nothing unless the parents are about to give uh give me money or something because something yeah, I need I
0: need a trade
1: yeah because you just stole something from me.
0: There it is. Um, now um, we didn't actually mention this at the top of the show. I will say this because we're on the semi main event right now of uh, this show. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, our 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 good friend. uh Adam Cole, baby, uh, caught down with an illness. Uh, They had to pull him from the show uh, a couple hours beforehand. Very sad to see. So uh, they ended up doing a dark match because Adam Cole was supposed to face filthy Tom Lawler. Um, Tom Lawler did end up wrestling. He faced Serpentico in a quick four-minute match. Uh, That was a dark match. So Lawler did at least get to wrestle on the show. Hopefully he got paid like he was supposed to, I will say. Um, but yeah, it was a absolute bummer, dude. I mean, if you know TJ, everybody
1: gets paid like no matter what. No, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But regardless of the fact, though, I will say, though, um, I don't know where that match would have fucking gone, though, on this show, like looking down at the card. Like, I don't know where it would have gone, like maybe after Punk Kojima, I guess. But man, dude, like you add another 10, 15 minutes onto this show, that was like, Holy shit! But like, I I do feel bad for Adam Cole. Like he like it was a bummer, especially considering because didn't he get hurt at Forbidden Door last year? He got hurt at Forbidden Door. The big that's concussion. what I was gonna say when he won when Started, he won yeah, yeah. He, got, he got the concussion after he won the uh the when he won the uh Owen Hart tournament the first year. Yeah, so then he doesn't get to wrestle on Forbidden Door too. It sucks, it does. But at least he got to tour Nintendo of America. I did see him and Britt Baker did that. So you know, I'm glad. I'm sure he had a blast there. But sucks that he got sick and he couldn't be there. So. Forgot to mention that though, wanted to say that. But getting into the semi main event after this was the trios match between Darby Allen Sting and Tetsuya Naito versus Les Suzuki Gods, Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, Sammy Guevara. Everyone's so mad because Naito didn't take his shirt off. He didn't care. It's the one thing I see people still talk about. It's like, Naito didn't care. It's a trios match.
1: T shirt Naito's. That's what you get for trios matches, damn it.
0: That's what you get. Like, I can't even deny it, dude. Like, listen. Tetsuyu Naito, this man has. He's main evented to Tokyo Domes. Correct me if I'm wrong. He right? has. Yes. He's main evented to Tokyo Domes. And you're being like, take your shirt off. It's Forbidden Door. He is a trios match going after the match of the year. What do you want him to do? I'm just saying, guys. Like, come on here. Like, I'm beating a dead horse, but there's levels to this shit. I understand why we got T-shirt Naito. I understand. All That's right? calmed calm down a bit. Um, but this was fun. Honestly, seeing Sting and Jericho in the ring together was fun. Um, it was it was a fun match. I can't deny the pose of the Le Suzuki gods of Sammy, Jericho and Suzuki. Like, no. I need that. Frame. I need that. That, that, made, frame.
1: that made the night. That, that made Seriously, the night. it made yeah. the match. Yeah, like, cause I thought the match was largely forgettable. <laughs>
0: it was fine. Like, it was a good match. It was fine. Like the yeah. the the six thirty on to Sting through the table was fucking crazy. Yeah, straight up.
1: But like, yeah, that's
0: that. It was fine. So, you know, it no, was it was like... it was solid. Naito gets the win on it with the Destino, um, and uh, gets the help from Sting. Good guys go up. I'm all for it. Darby disappeared for a good half of the match, I will say, though. But I don't really care. It's it's whatever. But it was fine. Did what it needed to do. Uh, we go in uh, from that to the main event for the first time ever. Dreamiest of dream matches. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson. The Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Danielson comes out to the final countdown. He hasn't come out to that song since 2009 in his final Ring of Honor show before he went to WWE. Uh, I guess Tony Khan has said that, that getting that music was a one-time thing, and they were charging him per play, and it was literally the cost of a wrestler's contract. First of all, Europe, calm the fuck down, dude. I get it. It's your only hit song. No one knows you for anything else. I understand. Like, I'm sure you're haughty and toddy about that or whatnot. But like, come on. Also... Can we give an applause to Excalibur Detroit zone shouting out the bad boy Detroit going to work Pistons saying how they use because they use the final countdown for that that time frame. And I remember that because I was at those games and that's how I associate the final countdown mostly. So the fact that he said that on forbidden door, you were at what games? I, I, the Detroit Pistons, when they would play at the Palace. Oh, when, are
1: you talking about, like, the 2000 Detroit Pistons? No, yeah,
0: they would use it in that era, too, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I was thinking that, that 88 From the, ba- did, from the, ba- from the Bad that...
0: Boys through, like, what's when they were still at the Palace, yes, they yeah. used that No, know. yeah, I was thinking 88, I was, was
1: like, yes. you weren't alive. <laughs> I know that, yes, no,
0: but no, they, were, they absolutely did use it for the Going to Work 2003-2004 Pistons, who I did see in their prime, yes. Yes,
1: okay, okay, I was...
0: I was genuinely befuddled for a moment. Calm down, calm down.
1: I was like, this this dude didn't discover time travel. I don't know. Oh, no, my (laughs) son
0: doesn't realize how time works. (laughs) Um, No, I I just love that Excalibur said that, though. Um, Now, it has to be said, 10 minutes into this match, Danielson uh, fractured his arm. He fractured his arm, and it clearly cost a lot of the match. Danielson even said in the media scrum, like, yes, I had to change some things that I wanted to do but couldn't do because of my arm. Um, to the point where he even said that he did the yes chance for only the second time in AEW straight up because he's like, all right, I need people to get hyped in this match. What's an easy way to do that? Yes! Yes! And he could only do it with one arm. I love that he said that, though, just straight up. He's like, hey, it's an easy thing to fall back on. I'm not going to do it anymore, but it's an easy thing to fall back on. Um I said straight up when this match ended, they left something on the table. I just didn't realize that they left something on the table because Danielson was legitimately hurt. And the timetable for that, at least right now, is six to eight weeks. It's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I wish it was speeding recovery, and I also appreciate the shout-outs that Danielson gave to their medical staff, for real, talking about how like they didn't rush him or Adam Cole back when they got hurt. And it's like, no, we're going to make sure this is perfectly good before we're not trying to rush you back. Um, coming from a place where, like, CM Punk said in his uh, Starcast 3 interview where he's literally had Vince tell him, uh, Vince, my knee is hurt. And he's like, oh, so-and-so came back from that injury in two weeks. And he's like, fucking great. Like, there's no need to rush this shit back, get healthy, and then be okay to be able to come back and do what you do best. Um, so I said that this match left stuff on the table. I didn't realize at the time that it was because Danielson was hurt, which is a bummer. But... If I Like I said, Danielson said that he wants the rematch because he wants to break Okada like so. And I'm right there with him. This was great for the moment that we saw Danielson and Okada. It clearly didn't get to the point that we wanted it to because of the circumstances. But I will say it was still crazy. When Danielson got Okada to tap out, fucking flip, I couldn't believe it. Like I think TK said it hadn't been since Shinsuke Nakamura made Okada tap out. So I was stunned when that happened, but it was a, it was, it was good. But unfortunately, like I said, because of the circumstances, the match took a hit and it's, it's wrestling, you know, it's going to happen. But I'm just waiting for the rematch. That's straight. That's I'm just waiting for the rematch. Yeah, this match.
1: Okay. First of all, it came at, at the end of a very long night. Oh, absolutely. Uh I was watching it with my friend Steve and uh JG made it in time. They're from uh, my uh, group the club. Uh uh they're from our group the club. Uh so we they came over and watched the match and it was like JG had been running around for his uh uh for his uh wife. Um, Steve had watched the whole show with me. So we were all a little tired when we were watching it. And I'm watching it, and I'm waiting for it to get out of second gear. Right? It felt like it was in second gear, and I was waiting for it to kick into that full throttle. And then the match ended. That's that's literally how I felt. I felt like I saw some great Matt wrestling, saw the saw the Rainmaker, saw all these good moves the Tombstone on the outside, and it was like, okay, now, the match is about to like really get cooking, and then it was over. And I, it was fine, it but it wasn't what I needed it to be. So that's the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. And again, like I said, I know oh, the arm
1: injury and everything, but I'm just trying to look at it as a match. I understand. No, straight up. Yeah. yeah and I'm just trying to look at it as a match because, of course, I didn't know his arm was broken <laughs> at the time because that dude's a soldier. But man yeah it was like dream match just the greatest two of the greatest performers ever and then yeah we just kind of got a match
0: yeah a good match but just not what you expect for a first time ever brian danielson got okada match that's straight up it but regardless that was forbidden door two. um still wish i was there but we're not going to dwell on it yeah um, like you know what
1: Let's do Forbidden Door 3 in Detroit. You
0: know, make it up, and uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Now, make it easy. You said <laughs>
0: you said Detroit's getting a pay-per-view TK. Tell me why it can't be Forbidden Door. Yeah. Tell me why why can't it be that? Yeah, I I
1: Yeah, so um yeah, no, it could be I I really enjoyed the show and I, I love well, yeah. a Toronto's crowd was amazing. Uh I, I still like even after watching it, and I was hoping, you know, after watching it, everything was so good that I'm been like, okay, now I get why FTR wasn't on the show. After watching the show, I really don't get why FTR wasn't on the show. There you go. I really yeah, don't exactly. get. Yeah, exactly. Considering it.
0: the fact, considering the fact that uh, Adam Cole got pulled last minute, you telling me FTR couldn't work a match?
1: Yeah, it was just like, uh, you know, I mean. There, you know, uh, you can't book everybody on every show. I mean, like yes. Keith Lee, you could go through the list. Britt Baker wasn't on the show. You could go through a whole bunch of list of important people that weren't on the show. The uh, the trios champions weren't on the show. No. So, like, so don't get me wrong. I am just an FTR fan, so I'm gonna want to see FTR wrestle. Uh, I, uh, Jackie being the great friend that she is, the amazing friend, says, you know why they didn't, uh, p- they weren't on the show, right? Because they knew you weren't going to be there. And I was like, I will accept that. <laughs> no, because I assume they're going to be it all out, all in, and I assume they're going to be it all out. Uh That should, uh, the, you know, I, I probably might be making asking myself, uh, but, uh, you know, I assume they're gonna be at those shows and I plan on being at both of those shows, so I'm very excited. But yeah, I did think it. I thought that triple threat tag team match last year was a big part of why Forbidden Dory was good, not just because it was FTR, it was just a really it was a good match and they had Dax, you know, the injury and then he came back and it was like it was that moment and and let me tell you, surprise appearances. We didn't get enough on this show. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is a key uh, to me I find. Remember, that is yeah, a key. remember
0: Forbidden Door 2, yeah. Forbidden Door 1, we got the debut of Claudio.
1: Yes. So, we got and I've realized when you talk about the greatest AEW pay-per-views ever, there's usually a debut or an appearance yes. that you didn't expect or something. And it was like, I think they tried to give it to you with Jungle Boy, but you know everybody kind of saw that coming so it was just like maybe Kenta comes out and points at CM Punk after the match doesn't do right, anything exactly doesn't do anything just kind of points at him where you have this moment so i mean we had we had the turn and we then we had the final countdown great moments uh great moments but they didn't really Hit that pay per view level, and it's unfortunate that you start expecting that because you can't surprise people every show. Well, well, here I'll I'll
0: tell you, I'll tell you straight up right here, right now. Like, we have the G one climax coming up very, very shortly. Yeah, and you could have easily had some guys fly over and just appear to like kind of build up to the G one, give a little promotion for New Japan. I mean, like the G one is coming up very, very soon. So, like, looking through some of the people, like for example, remember. Eddie Kingston's gonna be in one of those blocks. He's in block C, and so is Ishii, and so is uh Shingo. And you couldn't have had uh like, say, Tamatanga show up, or you know, Tanahashi and Naito are gonna be in D block. You couldn't have had somebody from there like Hiroki Goto, like or or Toro or Toru Yano, any yeah. of those guys, or in, Kenta's gonna be in B block. He's gonna be in the same block as Will Ospreay. You could have had Kenta come out right there. And then all of a sudden, like, say, CM Punk just comes out for a split second and they just kind of glance eyes at each other. For real. Like, you could have had somebody there that could have been like, it, I'm not complaining, the show is outstanding and it was great. But that is, I mean, Floyd is saying something legit. Like, that's that's something that sets, like, like, again, Forbidden Door 1 with the debut of our boy Claudio. And then All Out 2022, there were three debuts. There was... Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. Like and it was Punk's first match too in AEW, so like that's still t- my fi- favorite pay-per-view of all time, straight up. Like not going to get anything better than that, I will say. But yeah. No, that I do think that is a thing to bring up for sure. Um but other than that, I got nothing else. Like Forbidden Door was amazing. Again, it was outstanding.
1: Oh yeah. No, it, it was a great show. I think clearly number two for me. And it had and I <laughs> gotta say, has nothing to do with me being there. I, I I literally tried my best all day to take that part out of it and just like go match by match, show by show. The best match of Forbidden Door was definitely Kenny Omega and uh Will Ospreay. I mean, but Will Ospreay literally has had the best match at Forbidden Door two years in a row. He has. He yes. Has. So, yeah. And uh, so, don't get... I mean, he's Will Osprey. It's what he does. The only reason Kenny Omega wasn't in the best match last year because he wasn't on the show. You know what I mean? So, I think right. for Bendor 3, uh, you know, it, it 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 can be the biggest show. Like, it could be like Wrestle Kingdom for AEW in New Japan. I think he can be on that level of show. Like I said... I have this thing when this perfect world where they just put the best on best and no titles are on the line. That's my thing. I, I think it would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have so much, uh, so many obvious, you know, winners or whatever and losers. And you just, you know, put on a great performance. Maybe I'm, I'm probably the only one that thinks that way, but I was just like, Lou, just let's do this show without titles. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just put on banger matches. Because I think, I mean, the show is usually sold out without announcing a match. Mm -hmm. So give us dream matches. Give us matches that you don't see. Give us uh, multi-man matches that you usually don't see. And just keep the titles away. It's like, this Mm -hmm. this champions representing this company. This champions representing this company. But no titles on the line. I literally might be a man on an island with that. But I really would like them to treat it like a true all-star game
0: right no, exactly but regardless yeah it is what it is um and it was still an outstanding show we are we are the proclivity for positivity but that is i mean that is it is what it is
1: yeah no no no, and i think our our opinions are positive i mean i do think i mean there's things i think can do better ones just literally i wouldn't even call it better i just think it's a personal preference for me that i think it would make the show like Danielson and Okada had no idea how that was going to end. You know why? No title was on the line. It's probably exactly. storytelling. And it being an AEW show, you kind of could have figured AEW was going to win, which I've heard people do. But, you know, if you didn't want to, like, you can be like, oh, no title on the line. Anybody sure. can win. So,
0: Oh, and uh, also, too, let's let's remember, too, that uh, uh, Forbidden Door 1 had the debut of Shibata in AEW. Yes. And put on the Sunglasses. That crowd exploded yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was literally was, walking back to my seat when that happened. I was like, I was just befuddled. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's that it. is, yeah, that's our forbidden door review. Um, we don't have anything specifically, I think, announced for uh, Dynamite at least. The, uh, the straight only up.
1: the only thing that came from the Scrum. It looks like we're getting Sting and Darby versus yes. Sammy and Chris Jericho. After that's Jericho
0: nearly killed a reporter by hitting a water bottle at him.
1: Yeah, that's literally the only. Uh, dynamite preview that's why i didn't really call this a full episode because we were just talking about forbidden door there was literally nothing else to go over uh i uh purchased uh the all elite uh, edition of uh aw fight forever today and it looks like if you order the elite edition on ps5 i do not know about other systems it's
0: pre-ordered on any if you pre-order the elite edition on any uh system you will get access to it a day early. Yeah,
1: so. Wednesday at it looks like eight a.m. Central, so it would be guess nine a.m. Eastern, six a.m. Pacific. You will be able to play the game. I will be asleep then, so I will not be playing the game at eight a.m. But <laughs> to all of the to all of you out there, I hope you enjoy it. Go in and yeah. go, go out and buy it. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to playing. The wait is nearly out of over. It. Yeah, the wait is
0: nearly over. First
1: match is CM Punk versus Kenny Omega and he's going to catch a lot of knees to the face knees damn the straight face. um
0: yeah. only only two other things I want to mention too like I said with that it's yeah definitely get for bit uh fight forever but then also two um if you're going to be in Hamilton uh 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 yeah if you're going to be in uh in Hamilton Ontario for uh, this week for Dynamite um uh, the day that we are reco- that this will be airing which is tuesday june uh, 27th uh, there will be a toy drive actually uh, that aw's uh uh together group are going to be held holding at bounty hunter toys in hamilton ontario um they're going to have uh, ethan page who's helping running it will be there preston vance and uh, mark sterling will also be there so if you want to take part in a good cause and meet some, uh, AW guys that'll be happening. Uh, so if you're in Hamilton and you're able to make it out there, it's at six o'clock between six o'clock and 8 PM. So, you know, as you're getting ready to head to uh, at, well the day before dynamite, you know, and you're getting into town and all that kind of stuff, take part in the toy drive, you know, that's going to be a really cool thing. So definitely, uh, check that out for sure. I gotta say.
1: All right. well, that's it for me uh, what you got yeah that's yeah.
0: that is it for me yeah again yeah. thank you guys for watching and listening to this episode a special episode of all things Lead on aw new japan forbidden we, door
1: yeah we're only two episodes away from 200 i've been busy trying to go through old clips trying to get clips yeah. for this monster thing that i want to do for it uh just that's not my specialty I'm very, not, I'm not patient. <laughs> so, uh, going right. going through these episodes to try to find like our, uh, our like hotter things that we've said and different predictions that we made It's going to be fun. Also, we get the debut of our new entrance from uh, done by Mr. Rich Lada. And it's, y'all amazing. are not ready for this. Yeah, dude, I've been, it, it has been so, so freaking hard for me to wait. I'm literally, like when we do this show, I'm just going to post the damn uh, audio on our page of just the opening. Straight up. Yeah, so everyone can hear it. Uh, it was amazing. Rich is a Fucking genius, uh, dude! Just so good at it. It's so naturally good at that. I mean, he should just be working in the music industry. He, he's just so talented. And,
0: Hire him for your stuff. Like yeah, he, he takes yeah, commissions yeah, and he does yeah, do songs yeah, like on request. Yeah, like yeah,
1: yes. And if you you need the link or anything, it's in the show bio. Uh, you definitely want to. Uh, help! Uh, get him because dude is just immensely talented. Somebody that's yeah. as good as he is at what he does should be getting paid well for this. Yeah. So,
0: and last, um, lastly, I will say too, it it has been reported that this uh the gate for a Forbidden Door was one point two million dollars, which would be considered about one point six million at least Canadian. So for AEW, no. it was the biggest number in history for a non Canadian for a non WWE show. And it's the third biggest gate ever in Canada for wrestling. So like it's it is straight up one of eight it is AEW's biggest <laughs> I
1: gate. I would ever. not be surprised if Forbidden Doors uh in not in Canada again next year. I I w yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So also get that passport situation handled so we can be there.
0: Trust me, like this is not going to happen again. I yeah. like I plan I plan on getting my passport renewed so that way I'm I'm good for whenever like I get the chance to go to a different country in time. Like I'm not, this is not happening again. I swear on my life. It will not happen again. But thank you guys seriously for listening to this forbidden door episode of all things elite. Um, please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, And we listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us. Please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish and subscribe. So you don't miss an episode and also leave a rating and a review. It does help us out a ton. You can follow us on Twitter at AT ATElitePod, at Social Suplex the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, Hopefully, if y'all are playing online uh, later this week, I'll be kicking your asses as CM Punk in uh, Fight Forever. Uh, Y'all aren't ready. I'm going to make all of you go to sleep. Like you are, you will be Juice Robinson. I will make you go to sleep, even if you had your full eight hours. I promise that. Um, and I will let my boy Floyd take us home on this Forbidden Door episode of All Things Elite. Uh, I'm just gonna say, uh, just, uh, as I often say,
1: enjoy the time that we're in. We have the most wrestling available as far as professional wrestling on TV available ever uh, between Raw, NXT. Uh, SmackDown, uh, you know, Dynamite, Rampage, uh, Collision, Impact. These are just on TV, and you you have ROH and some New Japan, uh, New Japan, uh, shows. Uh, you know, you have it all everywhere. So, wrestling is as readily available as possible. So, make sure you're enjoying it, paying for it, supporting your fans, uh, supporting the people that you like, buying shirts. And then don't forget about indie wrestling. I I, I I forget it. I Even me, I am terrible about it. Uh, we have an uh, indie scene in Oklahoma, one down in Texas. I don't get to support them as much as I want to, but if you're in their area and you don't have the ability to travel like, uh, certain, uh, like we do, uh, you don't have the ability to travel, support your local indie companies. Go out there, go to their shows, You know and support the wrestlers as they're trying to make their dreams come true and with that i will leave you how i always leave you whether it's home work or school always do your best to be a (music) leader